It is time for another Amateurs Fantasy Sports Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the NRL Fantasy Amateurs Podcast. It's Mark here with Ryan. Ryan, it feels, uh, mate, it's almost been as long since we recorded as what it's been since Parramatta won a premiership. <laughs> yeah, oh, geez, it's it's been a bit of a while, hasn't it? We're into your uh, two favourite teams today, the two uh, teams you love to troll on Twitter the most, Parramatta and No, Parramatta. mate, I love both of these teams and their fan bases are always so supportive of my comments and analysis of their teams as well. <laughs> uh, but yeah, oh mate, actually, I'm a Pan- I'm a Panthers fan this year coming up. But yeah, we've got the Parramatta Eels and the Penrith Panthers coming up today on the episode, and obviously we've got lots of stuff to go through here with these teams. Super fantasy relevant. The Penrith, sorry, Penrith Panthers are, but maybe not so much for the team that hasn't won a premiership since telephones were invented. Parramatta Eels, and we'll start with them though. And I'm gonna continue to dig them as long as I can, and you know. If you, if you, uh, you know, you've heard me abuse them on the pod, on the uh, the social media, and you're uh, you're still listening to our podcast, and I've already won. So, <laughs> <laughs> but mate, uh, obviously the uh, the worst fullback in the NRL comes in at fullback again uh, off his new uh, deal, where he, they're going to waste another seven hundred fifty thousand dollars a year on him for the foreseeable future. Clint Gutherson, um, he does score really well against. Bad teams, no doubt. Um, most of the players in this uh, Eels team do, but I mean, obviously, he's uh, you know, and the Panthers. Oh, sorry, not the Panthers. The Eels do have a really soft draw to start the year, but I mean, at six hundred and fifty k or whatever it is, we're not going to go anywhere near Clint Gutherson, are we? No, not you've only got so much money to to throw around, and you know, when you've got Pappenhausen sitting there for fourteen thousand less, it's uh, hard to make a case mm. for Gutho. Yeah, and Nico Hines for hundred less, uh, fifty less. Yeah, no, I uh, I did actually have a fleeting moment where I thought he would be a good buy, and then yeah, just the whole all the scoring changes and everything like that just you know made me less excited. So anyway, uh, we move along to the back line here. Bailey Simonson comes over from the Raiders. I think he's a really good buy for them. Actually, I think he's going to do a job while Mike Acevo's out injured. Hayes Dunster obviously takes the other wing spot. But I think probably. He'll be the one to make way, and Simonson will be the one who stays in the team. But who knows? I guess we'll see. It's a long way to go till then. Uh, fantasy relevant. Neither of them are particularly fantasy relevant. I actually haven't updated. I haven't got to the the eels on our website yet. That's how how good we're going with these podcasts. We're absolutely ripping into them. Uh, but mate, uh, any interest in Hayes Dunster as a cheapie? Um, look, in short, probably not. Um, I think, I mean, like at the price, he comes into consideration, but I, I think we've seen enough from Dunster to know, like, who he is. Um, he's a bit you know, Charlie like he, Staines, isn't he? He is, yeah. Um, he's Charlie Staines about, like, the hype of, uh, you know, this kid's going to be great type thing. Um, yeah. yeah, he doesn't fill me with a whole lot of excitement or confidence. <laughs> um, he's the Parramatta Peugeot instead of the <laughs> Forbes Ferrari. Yes. Mate, some <laughs> well of those Peugeots have a bit of go off the line. Don't take that. That's actually not an insult. I actually like Dunster. I had him last year. He was a nice little 20 to 25 points when I needed an auto emergency in my wing fullback. But for round one, you definitely don't want to go there. 
uh, unless he shows something completely different if he's put on a bit of weight. But I think that's just the style of player he is. He's not a, you know, he's a Dallin Martini, Zalesniak, low 30s, best case scenario winger. He's not, that's not the type of guy you want in your in your fantasy team. So, mate, uh, Wong and Blake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, the things that I could say about Wong and Blake. No, obviously, Wong and Blake, uh, some people have started with him in the past with soft schedules and whatnot, but don't get sucked into that. Hopefully that advice isn't floating around again this year. Uh, I'm not tapped into that source anymore, but we'll, uh, I'm going to assume that everybody's learned from their mistakes on that one. Uh, Will Penasini is one that I had penciled in uh, all, you know, up until the point where they released these new rules and and whatnot. And I think he's actually kind of been one that's been really punished by this new rules. Uh, Because, I mean, centres obviously as a start aren't particularly good scorers. um, But, you know, I mean, he's averaging just under two tackle busts a game. So only three centre starts, 33.7. Um, I mean, that's pretty good, really. What? Where is he? Twenty? What is he? Twenty-eight? Yeah, break even at twenty-eight. Can we see some growth here for Penasini? I mean, oh, you can make a case for it. Like when I did my write-up on him for our website, um, you know, like just a short little blurb. Um, I, I had a look at his New South Wales Cup stats, and he, you know, he had a pretty respectable average in New South Wales Cup. He averaged forty-three. Uh, with five tries in thirteen games. So, I mean, like there is a mm. case to be made that he could. Um, you know, bounce back there because he did only score. He only played three games, scored one try. One was against the Storm too. So, like, like say thirty-one. Like, because his first game he scored thirty-one without a try. Like, that's that's solid for a center. Like, you you take yeah. that for from a center, um, knowing that you know when but he gets those tries, he's going to be scoring. On the new scoring, that's a twenty. Yeah, that's a good point. It's 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 hard to make that case with the lack of Which um, is his break even right now. You know, mm. he's really going to need to be a sort of 70% try scorer and get a couple of random other like – one offload in three games isn't great. But Like, as you highlighted, the, the Eels do have a fairly soft draw. So maybe – like, because you only need him to, to be good for the first, say, six weeks of the season. So, I mean, like, if they do have that soft draw, like, they've got, what, Titans, Cronulla, then they've got Melbourne, and Dragons, Titans again, Tigers, Knights, Cowboys. So, I mean, like, that first eight, eight rounds there, there's only really – one team that's a real threat there. Um, yeah, there's, there's a chance he does put up some tries to start the year. Yeah, I mean, I like him. I wanted to pick him. I've, I want, I like, I, I want to be talked into it. I, can somebody from, I assume all you Parramatta fans turn the podcast off after the first couple of minutes. But if you didn't, <laughs> can somebody please talk me into Penasini because that would be really helpful for my team. So you probably don't want to help me either. But I think, uh, yeah, we got anything sub thirty. Uh, would be would bring him into consideration, and he's tw- at twenty eight. So I mean, he he should be in the conversation here. Eight point three percent is kind of middle of the road. I feel like he's probably a, an option, but I mean, you know, you look at him, Isaac Targos. You know who we're going to speak about in the in the next, obviously the next team. I mean, he's another option in a similar price point. Uh, I just I wonder if maybe his game's a bit better for, but I mean he's Penasini seems like more of an attacking player, which is probably what you want in the center. Oh, I, mean, I don't know. But at the moment, the only reason why I'm starting with Targo and not Penasini is the sixteen thousand dollars between them. That's it. So yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. But anyway, he's an interesting one. I want to have a, a closer look at him and how he looks in the trials. If he looks like he's developing, he's still a young guy, obviously. 
Um, so yeah, let's 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 put a pin in it. Somebody try to convince me to buy Penasini, and we'll we'll come back and we'll see how we go when we get to our um, you know what what do we call it, <laughs> real or mirage episodes <laughs> instead of studs and duds because our studs and duds got pinched by somebody else. Anyway, uh, into the halves. Mitchell Moses, obviously big trouble with this uh, kicking meters nerf. He almost drops out of keeper level. Um, I think he's, uh, yeah, as uh, I can't imagine. I actually had him penciled in as a as a buy prior to this change. So, I mean, he's 51 break even. I think I had him projected lower than that, though. Mm. Yeah, that uh, doesn't make for pleasant reading. Like when you've got a guy that's, what, he averaged just under 400 kick meters last year. Um, mm. I guess if, if you want to filter that to just the 80 minute games it basically was 400 meters last year and kick meters so yeah it's a pretty big whack like to go from it's like say six and a half points or something yeah that's that's pretty big plus you know he is a tackle busting half too like he averaged 2.3 tackle bust last year in his 80 minute games so yeah it's uh yeah. that's a pretty big nerf You're talking about you know, a, 10, a 10 point nerf yeah hmm yeah, can't um, do like it. The, the, the only way you can make that up is if his tries increase because he only scored two tries last year. Normally, he, I think he does usually get a little bit more than that, but it's probably not enough to offset it. Not even close. No, I don't think so. No. It says something that his halves partner who doesn't kick at all is more expensive to start the year, Dylan Brown. The man who makes <laughs> the most ridiculous amount of tackles. <laughs> he's, he's the Jesse Arthurs of halves. It really is. Hey, like when I was, because uh, I, I, when I was starting my draft rankings I, and I did the halves and I got to Dylan Brown, I, I couldn't believe it. Like I, uh, when I messaged you, I was like, is this right? Like how how is this guy averaging nearly 30 tackles a game? Like there's, there are some middle players that don't make, that play bloody half the game and don't make that many tackles. And yeah, yeah I'll Dylan tell you Brown, who he, just... he, he averages the same amount of tackles as Adam Fanua Blake. <laughs> that is wild because he's not a huge guy. Like he's not a big guy either. No, I think he just loves it. I think he must strive on it. But let me tell you, his lowest number of tackles in in 2021 was 18 tackles, which is higher than Sean Johnson's average number of tackles by two. (laughs) Yeah, and it's the only time he had below 20 tackles the entire season too. Yeah, and that was against the Titans when they were giving him a drubbing probably. So, yeah, yeah, but like kick meters, 125 kick meters. So he only loses four points off that average, which puts him in at like 47 or something like that. But his break even's in the 50s. You just can't, you can't do it. So, but I mean, I'd love it. I'd love to, I'd love him to be fantasy relevant, but he's just not. Mm. I've got him above, uh, I think I've got him above Mitch Moses in my preliminary draft rankings currently, though. Oof. All right. Yeah, no. Well, so we'll get through there and we'll get to the uh, the fun part here. So Isaiah Papali'i, obviously he's going to come in. Now, he's leaving to go to the West Tigers. Uh, and, and obviously, you know, he wants a chance to win a premiership. So he's moving to a better team, which, you know, good on him. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, mate. I've, I've got to get him in while I can. Is there any chance that he's a, a bench forward and it's Sean Lane or Ray Stone or somebody else in this edge? Uh-huh. Why do you think they're just going to go? They're going to go Papali'i and just roll with it and see how it goes. I think I think they've got to go Papali'i. Like you know, Brad Arthur. Like it's been 
he's been one of these guys that's been talked about, um, been on the hot seat the last couple of years just because he, he you know, he's consistently getting the Eels into finals footy. It's just they're not really doing anything once they get there. Um, mm. You know, I, I think the Eels think that their window is still open. So I don't think they're going to be, um, you know, sabotaging, uh, you know, probably yeah. by benching him unless the season, if the season completely falls apart, then yeah, okay, you, you move him to the bench, play a younger guy. But um, Sean Lane, I don't think Sean Lane is a particularly good edge forward anymore, no. if he ever was. I think he's better served playing in that lock role. Um, mm. So, yeah, I, I think it's going to be Papa. Big Papa. Yep. Yep. No. Nah. And I mean, obviously, opposite of him, we got Ryan Madison. He spent a couple of games on the bench, but I think that was just more to do with him, um, you know, playing badly last year, I think. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know what happens. I don't know what happens inside the mind of Brad Arthur when he decides to do things. But I mean, obviously, he's a professional coach, and I'm not. So you would think he knows what he's talking about. But, you know, I mean, I haven't seen much evidence of that so far. But. I mean, uh, Madison's a funny one because if we knew he was going to be playing 80 minutes a game, he would absolutely be a buy. But mm. we can't trust that. Yeah. Can we trust it, it's, that? It's, it's six, uh... 60 average there, you know, and, and he offloads more than he breaks tackles, so it's a net positive. You know, he'd be a 61, 62 average player minimum if we knew he was going to be an 80-minute guy, but we just can't trust it. Yeah, it's tough, eh? Like, you really just need to see that round one team list. Um, like, because, like, it may be like... But even then, would you trust it? it? Well, if Papa Lee was playing in the middle, um, I'd be much more willing to consider it. Um it's 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 tough though. It's so tough. Like, the problem is they got like all three of their starting middle forwards can play big minutes. A big minute. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. Nathan Brown's, you know, that sixty plus minute guy, Junior Paulo, Campbell Gillard can all get up there as well. Even if Papa Lee went back to the middle, he could play sixty and, plus and minutes. And Marnie's it's, an eighty minute tough. guy as well, you know, if he if he needs yeah. to be. So all in all, I think it amounts to the fact that he's probably not gonna be an eighty minute player. Um, and they don't need guys to play 80 minutes in that rotation, which is annoying because he definitely absolutely would be an absolutely elite edge gun in this new scoring because he doesn't rely on tackle bus and can easily play 80 minutes and just tackle run and offload, and that's exactly what you need. But, yeah, yeah. soup's frustrating, soup's frustrating, which I understand how you feel, Eels fans, don't worry. Now, Nathan Brown, you brought him up. I actually thought he might be a bit of a value because he was kind of a bit low last year compared to previous, but I just, once again, I don't think the minutes are there. Mm. Yeah, just too many Uh, other big-minute guys, as as we highlighted just before. Yeah, and then Junior Paulo, obviously 44 average last year. Uh, there were some people thinking they were on a winner with Junior Paulo to start last year, and that <laughs> fell apart real quick. Uh, and I love, mate, I love being right so much. It's it's like my heroine, and and we were so right about Junior Paulo on the pod. And I give us a little pat on the back. I'd put a little, um, you know, a voice clip or something in there, but I'm I'm just not about that life. So, and then obviously Regan Campbell Gillard, no good. Read Marnie. Uh, now, over the, I, I want to I flip on to the super coach. I don't want to talk about super coach, but um, so some some boys who I'm in a, a couple of group chats and some regular uh, some NFL fantasy leagues with the dual position podcast. And if you play super coach, go and check them out. 
Um, they're talking about Reed Marnie potentially being a, a starting option this year at hooker due to those couple of injury-impacted games. Break-even a 63, though, 780K is the most expensive hooker. On our side of the coin, probably not somebody that we want to go with. Even though he only averaged 61 last year, he's break-even 63. So thanks, uh, Van Hub, for that one. But no no interest in Marnie given the, the shortage of hookers? Yeah, I, I just can't do it. I can't spend that much money on a guy with only, like, at best, because if you just um, filter games where he only, like, where he played 70 minutes plus, he averaged 66. Um, that said, like, he's lo- losing a point um, in tackle bust, and he was also getting a few kick meters last year. So he's getting about mm. three points in kick meters. So he's losing two points there in total from the tackle bust and. Uh, Kick meters, so yeah, it, I think at best, like best case scenario, you're only looking at like one or two points of value. I just can't do it mm. for that much money, especially when you're trying to fit in all these other guys too. Yeah, and let me just, I want to come back to Ryan Madison because I've just been thinking about something here. So you think about this team, right? The forward mm-hmm. pack, Isaiah Papali is gone. Mm-hmm. Nathan Brown's 30. Junior Paulo's re-signed, but Campbell Gillard's gone. Marnie's gone. Oregon Kafusi's gone. And Nia Kore's gone. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, so this Nato's... team is going to look completely different in 2023. Yeah. It's going to be Nathan Brown, Junior Paulo, and Madison are going to be the three pieces, and everybody else is. It could very well end up in the doghouse real quick if this season goes bad. Maybe Madison is, you know, and maybe tonight. He's 55, so it's not urgent. You know, if he plays the first two weeks and plays 80 minutes both weeks and, you know, there's reduced minutes for these guys like Oregon Kafusi and Nia Kore, which is a very real possibility, um, mm. then, you know, maybe we can reevaluate Madison and, and like, you know, but that by that point he's 700 plus K and it's a really hard buy. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's probably it's... one of those gut feel moves. I don't know if my balls are big enough for it. Yeah, I think I'm really going to want to see, uh, you know, some articles coming out like Madison quoted in training saying, yeah, I'm going to be an 80-minute player type thing this year before I'm I'm willing to put my name to it. All these dogs are leaving us. It's all up to me. Who would have thought Madison would would be the loyal one out of all of them? (laughs) (laughs) They're rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic at this point anyway. They're going down big time, so... Anyway, sorry, Eels fans. I I actually feel bad. I like I like I like to be an Eels fan. I just I can't do it, and I just I feel bad for you. And I'm a Cowboys fan, and I feel bad for you. So you know <laughs> that tells you all you need to know about your prospects for the next 36 months. So soak up this year while you can. That's all I say. Anyway, that'll do us for Parramatta. I don't think there's anyone there for fantasy that we want outside of potentially uh, Penasini and. And Madison, if you got the world's biggest balls, but outside of that, I don't think we're we're going anywhere with Parramatta. We on on board with that. Yep, agreed. Lovely. All right, let's move on to what's probably maybe have to be close to the most fantasy relevant team. Um, so obviously uh, Penrith Panthers coming off the grand final win, fantastic season last year. Hats off to everybody involved there, aside from Aaron, Ivan Cleary because I don't like him. But um, I mean, for uh, for fantasy, uh, uh, we can't speak about last year without speaking about Nathan Cleary. Obviously, massive year, just set all sorts of records, both from an individual game and a season-long point of view. F- quite frankly, put Cam Smith into embarrassment 
in terms of you know being the the number one overall option. There was about seven guys who averaged as much as what Cam Smith used to average last year, but Cleary was twenty points clear of him. He's just absolute monster. He is going to take a nerf with the uh, with the kick meters, but I mean Ryan, the the number one owned player, forty five point seven percent owned, and he's not even potentially going to be available round one. <laughs> but we, I mean, we think he's going to be, and we'll we'll have to speak to our special guest about it. But I mean, for uh, if he is available round one, is there any world in which you would not start with Nathan Cleary? It's going to be a hard sell um, to to not start with him. We we made this mistake last year; it blew up in our faces. You held strong. Um, I caved yeah. fairly early on. I wanted on, to see but... what would happen. I was like the Joker last year, like the Heath. <laughs> Ledger version of the Joker. It's like, do I look like a guy with a plan? That was me. I was just, I was just waiting to see what happened. Embrace the chaos. Um, yeah, I wanted the world to burn down last year, and this year I'm, I'm tired of losing, and I'm, I'm back on the, the Cleary train. He's the best player known to mankind, mate. But tell me about it. What do, you, what do you think? No, I mean, I think we uh, mentioned this on an earlier podcast, um, like a week or so ago. Uh, just the difference between, with like, with the nerfing and tackle busts. Um, you know, like obviously Turbo was huge last year as well, but like he's been nerfed a bit. Um, I think what you had him projected mm. for low seventies or something. So, uh, it, you know, we we noted that like there's a twenty point difference there. Like if you were to start with Turbo over Cleary. Um, or even if you didn't start with Turbo and you went with a guy, you know, like say Pappenhausen's your, your, your third, um, you know, that's what potentially a 30 to 40 point difference there. It, it's it's sort of one where you just have to just to keep with the pack. Mm. Um, just, it's yeah. just I, so good. As it stands, I've got Cleary in the low to mid 80s, mm-hmm. Turbo in the mid 70s. And then the third highest projected player I've got is Harry Grant, but it could be Pappenhausen. Interesting. And and he's in the mid-60s. So that both those two are in the mid-60s. So, I mean, if you're starting with a captaincy on Turbo, that's, you know, you're paying 50 grand less, but getting, because you're not going to have both of them, you're getting 10 less points out of that player, but then you're also losing the 10 off the captaincy. So you're losing 20 points for 50 grand a week, which just sort of doesn't make any sense. And then clear and then turbo on top of it's got, you know, 1.6 like percent, like 1.6 tries per game average last year. I, I really don't think that's sustainable. Whereas Cleary is kind of, I mean, he was high for a half, but he's a try scoring guy, you know, Sean Johnson was averaging, you know, 60% tries and Cleary's like 22 still. He's, yeah, he's got so many. He's got so much trade left on the ties. It's not funny, mm. uh, mate. I just I can't like. I think a bad season for Cleary would be high seventies, uh, which mm. would be kind of the best case scenario for Turbo this year. So, for that fifty grand, I'll take that peace of mind. The more diverse way of scoring, and yeah, you, you have to start. You cannot, you cannot not start with him. And then I, I'm, t- I'm saying this because I know he's going to get injured in week one and be out for the season, and then there's going to be chaos. <laughs> <laughs> you know, plus, um, you know, if, if he does stay healthy, you've also got the added bonus that he is Bruce Willis. So he, he will rack up those uh, those points when yeah, you're watching. Yeah, mate, I love it. And I lo- I want to see it. I want to see it so bad because I, I, was, I was like that, um, you know, the kid sitting at the window, like looking in, you know, like the, you know, like the, all the, the other kids are like opening Christmas presents or something like that. And he's going home to open his lump of coal 
that's how I felt last year. <laughs> it just made me sad. But um, staring, nah, man, it was staring at your uh, staring at your injured James yeah. Tedesco. Man, I, I have to say, oh mate, oh, he can he can piss off James Tedesco. No, mate, I had a lot of fun last year. Actually, I really enjoy. I did enjoy the experiment. If I'm not going to lie, like I and I had a lot of lot, we had a lot of good gear on the podcast because of it. But you know, like I, <laughs> I to start the year, everyone's fresh. I was too far behind. I had to try to risk it and hope he was going to get injured or something like that. And of course, he waited until right at the end of the year, but. You know, this year it's just you know I'm just going to lock him in there. I'm just going to put up with any you know whatever, and we'll just we'll see what happens. But no, it's uh yeah no nah, mate, it's too it's too much, and I, I think he's just yeah he's awesome. I love watching him play. I do, and I used to. I hated it last year because it was so hard because everyone was just like yeah Cleary, haha, Mark, suck it, and like it was just it was hor- it was a horrible experience. So I'm looking yeah. forward to being on the other side of that coin this year. It was psychologically scarring those first few weeks where I didn't have him. Like you just had anxiety every time the Panthers played because because <laughs> like you thought like oh look he's actually having a bad game he's only scored thirty points in fifty five minutes minute and try. then all this yeah and then all of a sudden he puts up like sixty points in the last twenty minutes and you're just like what have I done Yeah, he could have easily averaged sixty five last year. Yeah, if if he if he only played if you took the first fifty five to sixty minutes of every game and extrapolated those scores out to 80 and then did it across the season, he would have averaged 65. <laughs> but just in the, he's so fit and athletic and involved in absolutely everything that Panthers are doing mm. that gets to the last 20 minutes and everyone's gassed and he's like, all right, give me the ball. Yeah, you know, he's just got I, that. Yeah. He's got the Michael he's, Jordan mamba mentality. He does, you know, yeah. he's, he's just like, he's like, I'm in it. I'm going to do it. And, like, you know, he's just – you could see – like the year before where they lost the grand final, he was just burning from it and just, yeah, I think he went out last year and went, I'm just going to embarrass everybody. And, like, I think prime Thurston and prime Cleary, Cleary's a better overall player. Mm. You know, Thurston was, like, you know, he had that, like, glow around him. But, you know, just statistically and physically, you know, Cleary is one of the best defensive halves in the comp. Thurston used to sit out on the wing in defense because he was just a liability out there, you know? Mm. So, yeah, yeah, mate, yeah. I'm a Cowboys fan, guys. Look, so anyone that thinks that I don't like the, the Panthers, it's not true. I don't like Ivan Cleary, all right? <laughs> Benji will be happy. All right, we're going to stop talking about Nathan Cleary now. We're going to move along because they do have a couple of other fantasy-relevant options here. In fact, both centres. Um, before we get there, obviously, Charlie Staines, the uh, the Forbes. <laughs> What's those? Um, the Forbes Ford maybe instead. Or the Forbes <laughs> Fiesta instead of the Forbes Ferrari. Yeah, the Forbes Fiesta. That'll be it instead of the Ferrari. And Brian Toto, obviously awesome last year, averaged 59 points. Don't think he's going to do it again, but even if he does, he's at value. So just, you know, wait and see what happens with him. If he's a gun later, get him towards the end of the year. Stephen Crichton, Isaac Targo, two centers, both fantasy relevant, both options, 350K, 334K. Crichton's got the dual wing fullback. Targo's got the dual uh, edge, which obviously is a less helpful dual. Do you have one of or both or neither of these guys? What are your thoughts on them? Talk to me through you know, pick which your favorite one and, and go from there. Um, I think just in terms of pure play style, uh, from what I've seen, I think Targo is probably my favorite, like in terms of to watch. Um, I've currently got, 
only Crichton, but that said, I've got about five empty spots in my in my bench at the moment. So, you know, still a very strong chance I end up with Targo as well. Um, I, I think the case to be made for Crichton is just purely that he's moving back to that left center position, I assume. Um, you know, he, he spent a lot of time, um, you know, fullback on the wing, playing right center last year. Um, you know that that left that left side is their strike side. You know that's where they rack up a lot of tries. We saw that with Matt Burton last year. He just had an insane try scoring rate when he's playing center. Um, and look, and if, if the Panthers are you know ninety percent as good as they were last year, Crichton's going to be scoring a lot of tries. And you know, like if we look at twenty twenty, um, you know his try scoring rate was almost one. Like he, he's not a, a great scoring center without the tries almost you know similar to Burton you could say the same thing about Burton like without the tries he's not a great center um, in terms of scoring wise fantasy wise as you had a big article that the Panthers fans loved um, don't remind me about that <laughs> yeah, mate that, that got you know the pet yeah anyway I was I, I still maintain that was right even though the the process was wrong with was right with the wrong uh, result but anyway move along it's in the past mate <laughs> well yeah, don't bring I mean, it up you, again you, your your uh, your outcome, like your your conclusion, was correct. It's just that the try scoring didn't stop. It just did not yeah. stop. And um, I, correct I, I process, think, wrong result. Yeah, yeah I, I think Crichton can have a similar season this year, where he's just racking up a stack of tries. Um, you know, teams love to rush in on Kakao because they know that the Panthers want to give the ball to him, um, and it's usually the the winger or the center that's feeding on that. So yeah, look, Crichton looks like a, a pretty good option um, for mine. I think he can average in the high thirties. Um, and you know, what with a break even of what 28? Uh, yeah, 28. It seems like there's about 10 points of value there to me. Free money, mm. yep. And then obviously, Targo, he's the he's the more defensive kind of guy to to um the attacking side of, of Crichton. He's an edge back rower come center. I think the only other real option there is if they go for a Jamin Salmon or something like that. Um, he has been sort of spoken about, but Salmon's 240K, which would be fine with me if he ends up there. But I think it's going to be Targo. He looked really good last year. And now shout out to our, our friend Benji, who uh, who is telling me it's Targo, or he believes it's going to be Targo to start with. So mm. if it's wrong, it seemed- you can blame him. It seems like they're they're both going to be buyers. Like it, it's hard yeah. to go past um, a team with this much attack for under three hundred and fifty k. You know. Yep. Now, before we move into the rest of the team, obviously have a look at. Uh, we don't think he's going to be playing round one, but obviously Kyler May is somebody who may factor if the the Forbes Fiesta fails early. Uh, he could he can end up on that wing. So we'll see how we go. I think maybe I'm I'm kind of hoping the Panthers come under a little bit of adversity this year, so they actually have to drop the couple of guys who aren't playing that well, and and Staines will be the first one on my list. Um, now, before we actually, I do want to mention Dylan Edwards, obviously as well. Honorable mention to Dylan Edwards. I actually quite like Dylan Edwards as a player. He's not fantasy relevant, but I just want to talk about him because I think he's a good bloke. I think he'd be a good bloke. Do you reckon? Yeah, no, you know, probably buy your beer. I reckon. Yeah. What do you think of your drink? Oh, he seems like he'd be a uh, a craft beer man. Like he'd love an IPA, yeah. I think. Yeah, no, I agree. All right, uh, into the back row, kick out Liam Martin. Obviously, Liam Martin's going to be starting, but probably playing pretty much the exact same roles last year, which is you know switching between the edge and whatever. I mean, he could possibly play eighty minutes and have a little bit of value, but I think probably not enough that he's going to make it an exciting proposition. Um, Isaiah Yo is one 
in a in a, a year where mids are a bit tough at 660k 53 break even though which is you know not you know not really what you want but he's a base stat guy is there any chance that chance they're in a, a more closer games this year and he's uh he's an option or not really. Possibly, but I'm I'm happy to let Yo go. To be honest, like he's one of these guys that he's not going to lose you a you know a fantasy comp, but he's not going to win you one either. Like he's just no. going to be that consistent guy. But he's just not one that really has ever excited me. Um, yeah, he's 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 just not one. Because like a part of fantasy, um, like obviously you know everyone wants to score the most points and and stuff. But a, a part of fantasy that keeps me interested is that I I like to it, it gives me an, a reason to watch every game. Um, and to be honest, I'd rather watch players that at least give me some excitement rather than I say you like know Tom yeah, yeah, that's a good example. You know, like oh, I used to love Marty Tapao like once when he was getting the minutes <sighs> because like <sighs> he would just throw offload after offload and. Bust a tackle. It was it was just so much fun to watch. Um, and Isaiah Yo is not that player. <laughs> we're missing we're missing the uh, Andrew Fafita and and uh, Marty Tapaus of the world now. Yeah, we really are. We really are. What happened to the youth of this country? We used to be about throwing bad offloads, and you know now yeah. it's all just you know we're we're looking for guys who might get more of a an upside in you know making additional tackles with the rule changes. This is. This is boring. I don't like it, Ryan. I, I, I tell you two people, yeah, they, they, Andrew Fafita and Marty Tapao, they definitely wouldn't have been getting any uh, stat bonuses from the offload to hand, that's for sure. <laughs> it was, everyone is two points, 100%. Yep, straight to There's the ground. There's no four-point offloads here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, and then obviously the props are going to be James Fisher, Harris, Moses Leota. Uh, expect a minimal to no rule chain, uh, role changes there, not rule changes, role changes. Uh, and, and nothing sort of, you know, any changes there scoring-wise that should be negligible, you would think. Uh, Api Coruscant, average 50.1, obviously spent a couple of games with lower minutes because they were winning by so much, a couple of injuries, blah, blah, blah. Um, I mean, is he 656? So they've actually compensated for part of that because he only averaged 50 yes, last year but comes in at 53 break even, so that's another fan hub special. Taking any fun out of him. If he was at 50, he might be somebody that was a, a potential option, but at 53, I think we can let him go through to the keeper. What do you reckon? Yeah, no, agreed. Yep, cool. And then we got Matt Eisenhuth on the bench with Lenu, Scott Sorensen, and Mitch Kenny. Stealing some minutes from the middle forwards and uh, and Api Curacao probably. Now, um, there's a guy who somebody was talking about last year called... We're actually one for seventeen with this Panthers team too, on the NRL website, which is which is pretty fun. So we're obviously doing a good job there. Uh, Lindsey Smith is the guy's name. Uh, now he's a middle forward. Um, kind of interested to see if he manages to displace Eisenhuth. Uh, good raps on him though. So keep an eye on him. He's two hundred seventy k middle forward cover. If we don't get Jordan Grant, Josh King, whatever, and he pops up on the bench, he might be an option there. Um, I mean, obviously, Eisenhuth, we know exactly what he is, and, and he's a liable candidate to lose his job if somebody young and up-and-coming has a particularly good preseason. So, yeah, Ryan, anything else you want to talk about? You want to spend 10 more minutes on Cleary or you want to wrap it up? <laughs> I think we'll be spending about the next uh, four months on Cleary, so I reckon we could wrap it there. <laughs> yeah, I reckon once the regular season starts, we just don't mention him at all. What do you reckon? Who? Exactly right. 
<laughs> All right, guys, thank you very much, very much for joining us, and uh, we'll see you next time when we go through two of our last four remaining teams. Love you guys.